And that was Revolution by Billy Bragg. And you can find that as a bonus track on Don't Try This at Home. Or you can search for that on your favorite music service. At the end of the program, we'll hear Get Your Vote On by John McPhee. Greetings and welcome back to Bernie 2016. This is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy for President of the United States. This podcast is completely independent of any candidate, party, or PAC. If you want to send me a message, you can send that to BernieUS2016 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at BernieUS2016. You can find out more about this podcast and follow my Flipboard magazine called Bernie for President at Bernie-2016.com. It has been an absolutely amazing week, and when I say week, it's only Wednesday, and there's only been, it's only three days since my last uh, recording, my last podcast episode, and there's been just a, a flood of incredible news for Bernie and his campaign, and I've got a lot of those stories for you today. First up is from Time.com, and this is a story published on January 11, 2016, and it's by Michael Beckel, and that date is very important, Um, and you'll find out as we move forward. Hillary Clinton's Democratic rival is crushing the TV airwaves, but his poll numbers aren't budging much. A high-profile presidential candidate has seen a massive advertising blitz, yet his standing in the polls has barely budged. No, it's not Republican Jeb Bush. Rather, it's Bernie Sanders, who stealthily revved his advertising machine and is now outgunning Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton on television. In December alone, the Sanders campaign aired about 7,650 TV ads, according to a Center for Public Integrity review of broadcast and national cable ad data provided by Kantar Media, CMAG. That's about one TV ad every six minutes. The Sanders campaign had eschewed TV advertising altogether until late last year. This December blitz also amounts to nearly one-third more ads than the Clinton campaign, which aired about 5,860 TV ads last month, one every eight minutes. The Sanders campaign is also, of late, pouring more cash into TV ads than Clinton. Since early November, when Sanders first launched presidential campaign ads, his campaign has spent about $9.7 million, according to a Center for Public Integrity review of data provided by the tracking firm a recently formed nonpartisan media tracking company headquartered in Washington, D.C. During that same period, Clinton's campaign spent only $7.4 million. Yet most polls in Iowa and New Hampshire, where the bulk of these TV ads have been focused, show little fluctuation since Sanders started his advertising barrage. Those two states conduct the nation's first presidential nominating contest next month. And the story goes on to... Um, review a little bit of the data in the polls uh, in Iowa and in New Hampshire. So that was, as I said, published on January 11, 2016. And this next story was published on January 13, 2016. And I've got to say, what a difference two days can make. 
This next story is from the Birmingham Times.com. And it is called Sanders' ad burst coincides with an upward movement in polls. It is by Julie Bickowitz. Bernie Sanders has been putting up major advertising cash to seize momentum heading into the Democratic presidential primaries, outspending his rival Hillary Clinton, just as voters are beginning to pay attention to the race. In the past three weeks, Sanders' campaign has spent about $4.7 million on ads to Clinton's $3.7 million. An investment that so far has meant 1,000 more Sanders commercials than Clinton ads on broadcast TV. According to advertising tracker Cantar Media's CMAG, hmm, we just heard about that a moment ago, the Sanders ad burst is coinciding with his rise in preference polls in Iowa and New Hampshire, the first two states where voters will weigh in on the 2016 election. The Democratic contest appears to be tightening. Two recent surveys suggest Sanders has gained on Clinton in Iowa. In New Hampshire, one poll showed the Vermont senator ahead of the former first lady and secretary of state by double digits, while another pointed to a tighter race. Iowa votes February 1, New Hampshire, February 9. The turnabout in ad spending, with Sanders topping Clinton in each of the past three weeks, prompted the Clinton campaign last week to send an email to supporters with the subject line, quote, nervous. Quote, I'm not trying to be dramatic about this, parentheses, I swear I'm really not. But there's a situation developing in Iowa and New Hampshire that could change the course of this election, Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook wrote in the fundraising appeal. Later in the same email, quote, I just found out that he's outspending us on TV advertising in Iowa and New Hampshire. And this story goes on and uh, talks a little bit more about uh, the spending and the impact that that spending is having. But instead of uh, getting deeper into this particular story, I have some other stories that will outline what a difference we're seeing in the recent polls. And there's been about probably four or five polls released in the last two days. And almost all of them show big gains and and big uh, advancement for Bernie Sanders. Uh, The next uh, story is from news.investors.com, Investors Business Daily. And this is by John Merline. With just 21 days until the presidential primaries officially begin in Iowa, Hillary Clinton's support among Democrats nationally has taken a serious tumble, falling 8 points to 43%, according to the latest IBD tip poll. Support for her chief rival, Bernie Sanders, rose 6 points to 39%. As a result, Clinton's lead over Sanders, which had been 18 points, is now just 4 points. Other polls have shown the race tightening in Iowa, which holds its caucuses on February 1, and New Hampshire, which has its primary eight days later. Two recent New Hampshire surveys have Sanders in the lead, and the latest NBC poll in Iowa has Sanders just three points behind Clinton. But the IDB tip poll is the first to show the race significantly tightening nationwide. Clinton, in response to her sagging poll numbers, has started to turn up the heat on Sanders. After all but ignoring the self-described socialist whose maverick campaign has been surprisingly resilient, CNN reported over the weekend that, quote, a sense of anxiety is cascading through Hillary Clinton's campaign, unquote, over Sanders' gains. Clinton recently attacked Sanders on his position on gun control and released a campaign ad in Iowa and New Hampshire, asserting that she is, quote, the only one, unquote, who can beat whoever the Republican Party nominates. And on Monday, in a clear attempt to appeal to Sanders supporters, Clinton announced in Iowa her plans to impose a 4%, quote, fair share surcharge on incomes over $5 million. Sanders has proposed a series of tax hikes on the rich in the name of, quote, income equality. 
The IDB tip poll shows that regionally, Clinton saw her support drop most in the Northeast, where it fell to 36% from 50%, and the West, 37% down from 49%. Sanders now holds the lead in both places. Clinton's support also tumbled among suburban voters, dropping to 39% from last month's 50%, and she has lost backing among moderate Democrats, falling to 44% from 58%. Sanders picked up 10 points among moderates to 37%. So some really big moves um, in the polling there, in that particular poll, um, showing the nationwide uh, tightening of the race um, with Sanders coming in and gaining significantly on Hillary Clinton in that particular poll. Along with uh, some great polling numbers, and I'll have some more stories about some polling numbers in a bit, Sanders has um, picked up some endorsements along the way. An uh, organization, Iowa, called CCI Action Fund, and they're at cciaction.org, has endorsed Senator Sanders. And here's their press release. Iowa CCI Action Fund endorses Senator Bernie Sanders for President of the United States. Following a two-month endorsement process, Iowa Citizens for Community Improvement Action Fund Board members voted unanimously to endorse Senator Bernie Sanders for President of the United States. Quote, after surveying our most active members on the issues they care about most and asking them which candidate they will be caucusing for, our members reported back with an overwhelming support for Senator Bernie Sanders, said Barb Kalbach, Iowa CCI Action Fund Board President of Dexter, Iowa. Quote, our board formalized member support with a unanimous vote in favor of endorsing the candidate for presidency. The top issues motivating Iowa CCI Action Fund's caucus goers were getting big money out of politics, fighting for a living wage, and breaking up big banks, as well as climate change and the environment. Iowa CCI Action Fund members cited Bernie Sanders' integrity and track record in breaking with the political establishment as key qualities informing their support of the candidate. Quote, Bernie Sanders comes closest to representing what Iowa CCI Action Fund fights for in our vision and values. I don't see anyone else moving away from the status quo, said Ken Bowen, Iowa CCI Action Fund board member of Iowa City, Iowa. Quote, the other candidates are lining up with big moneyed interests with the support of super PACs. On the issues that are truly important, Senator Sanders is rock solid. Iowa CCI Action Fund members also noted the necessity of a movement of Iowans dedicated to fighting for justice and democracy 365 days a year, which closely reflects Bernie Sanders' call for a political revolution in the United States. With 3,200 members and supporters across the state, Iowa CCI Action Fund embodies the political revolution lifted up by Bernie Sanders. Quote, all along, Senator Sanders has been saying, I can't do it alone. That's what Iowa CCI Action Fund is all about. He's out there every day saying it to everyday people, too, said Vern Tiggs, CCI Action Fund board member of Adele, Iowa. He's out there fighting for the same political revolution for which we have been fighting. So a great endorsement from an organization in Iowa for Bernie Sanders. And uh, though Bernie Sanders has been out there on the campaign trail as much as possible, uh, he still has a day job. And he was back in Washington on Tuesday and cast a couple of very important votes when he was back in Washington on Tuesday. Uh, This first one, this first story is from The Hill. Senator Bernie Sanders voted Tuesday against President Obama's nominee to lead the Food and Drug Administration, citing concerns over his ties to the pharmaceutical industry. A Republican-led Senate panel advanced Dr. Robert Califf's nomination to the full floor for final approval, despite Sanders' opposition. 
Quote, at a time when millions of Americans cannot afford to purchase the prescription drugs they need, we need a leader at the FDA who is prepared to stand up to the drug companies, the Democratic presidential candidate said in a statement. Quote, we need someone who will work to substantially lower drug prices, implement rules to safely import brand name drugs from Canada, and hold companies accountable who defraud our government. Dr. Califf is not that person, he added. His extensive ties to the pharmaceutical industry give me no reason to believe that he would make the FDA work for ordinary Americans rather than pharmaceutical industry CEOs who are more focused on making obscene profits than saving lives. Califf, who joined the FDA as a deputy commissioner last February, has enjoyed support from both sides of the aisle during the confirmation process, but Sanders is one of the few senators to oppose his nomination. And in addition to that, on Tuesday, there was another key vote. And this piece is from uh, Sanders' own Senate site. That is at sanders.senate.gov. Senator Bernie Sanders issued the following statement after voting in favor of legislation to audit the Federal Reserve. Quote, too much of the Fed's business is conducted in secret known only to the bankers on its various boards and committees. In 2010, I inserted an amendment in Dodd-Frank to audit the emergency lending by the Federal Reserve during the financial crisis. As a result of this audit, we learned that an institution that was created to serve all Americans had been hijacked by the very bankers it regulates. We must expand on that first review of the Fed's activities, requiring the Government Accountability Office to conduct a full and independent audit of the Fed each and every year. Would be an important step forward making the Federal Reserve a more democratic institution that is responsive to the needs of ordinary Americans rather than the billionaires on Wall Street. So uh, Senator Sanders did vote as well on Tuesday to support the audit the Fed bill, which is actually a bill uh, promoted by Rand Paul, another uh, presidential candidate, a candidate on the Republican side, who has been fighting and whose father as well, Ron Paul, fought for a long time to um, set up a regular audit of the Fed. In fact, uh, Ron Paul and Rand have... um, complained about Bernie Sanders' previous vote that Bernie mentions in in his quote here about getting the amendment in the Dodd-Frank bill to audit the Federal Reserve during the financial crisis. Um, uh, Ron Paul, I believe at the time, was pushing very hard for this particular bill to have a regular yearly audit of the Fed and felt uh, betrayed by Bernie inserting the amendment for a single audit of the Fed bill. I don't know all the details around the uh, the back and forth that happened at that point in time. That was back in 2010. What I would guess is that Bernie felt that the annual audit of the Fed bill was not likely to pass or had significant challenges in passing and as a compromise just determined that you know a single audit of the fed is better than no bill at all but like i said i haven't studied the specifics around that particular vote but bernie did join with rand paul and others to vote today for the audit the fed bill And this particular story coming up is from cbsnews.com, and this is from January 12. So as we heard at the beginning of the program, um, the story on uh, Senator Sanders' ad purchases and spending on television advertising and how that has... um, helped him significantly in recent polling. Here's another one of those polls that shows significant gains. 
With less than a month to go before the first nominating contest, the national race for the Democratic nomination has tightened. Hillary Clinton continues to lead Bernie Sanders, but her lead in this national poll has shrunk since last month. Now, 48% of Democratic primary voters support Clinton, down four points from December, while Bernie Sanders' support has risen nine points from 32% last month to 41% now. So only seven points in this particular poll. And let's see if this cites the... This is a CBS New York Times poll. Only seven points nationally separate the two candidates in this recent poll. Clinton leads among women, moderates, Democrats, and voters over age 45. Sanders' support has risen notably among younger voters and liberals, and he now has a small edge among men. And the poll shows the breakdown from different groups. And Sanders leads in the category that describes themselves as liberals, 55% to 40%. Sanders leads men in this particular poll, 45% to 40%. Under age 45, Sanders leads 60% to 31%. While over age 45, Hillary Clinton leads by 63 or 64% to in the neighborhood of about 24, 25% because there's two different groups in uh, over 45. There's a 45 to 64 group and a 65 plus group. Um, Among the respondents who said they usually vote Democrat or they vote Democrat and Republican equally, Sanders wins in that group 47%. To forty-two percent. Overall, eighty-three percent of Democratic primary voters say they would support Hillary Clinton should she become the Democratic nominee. And while seventy-two percent of those who support Sanders would back Clinton, a quarter say they would not support Clinton if she is the party's nominee. Nine in ten Democratic primary voters would also support Bernie Sanders if he wins the nomination. Among Clinton supporters, just 12% would not support Sanders. I found this uh, particular um, two short paragraphs to be really, really interesting in how the author, and I didn't mention the author's name, so let me do that now. Uh, Anthony Salvanto, Jennifer DePinto, Sarah Dutton, and Fred Bacchus. So this was written by several different authors. But these two paragraphs really stand out to me because of how they wrote out the percentages here. They said that 83% of Democratic primary voters say they would support Hillary Clinton should she become the Democratic nominee. And then they say 9 in 10 Democratic primary voters would also support Bernie Sanders if he wins the nomination. Um, so if you look at the just the, the numbers, if you look at 83%, supporting Hillary, and then you look at 9 in 10 is how they wrote out the percentage for Bernie. It baffles me. Why Why couldn't they say that 90% would support Bernie if he wins the nomination? Those numbers, when you look at them side by side, really show the challenge that Clinton has. These are Democratic primary voters. So these are party voters said they would support Hillary Clinton if she she became the nominee. 90% said they would support Bernie Sanders if he became the nominee. So a larger percentage of Democratic primary voters would opt not to support Clinton if she becomes a nominee. That's hugely problematic. And again, this this is Iowa. This is a single state. Oh, no, wait, sorry, that's that's wrong. This is not a poll on Iowa. This is a national poll. Um, I do have other polls on Iowa and some polls on New Hampshire, so I need to make sure I, I keep them straight for you guys. Um, so it, it really shows a challenge in, that Hillary Clinton faces as a potential nominee for the Democrats. She does not have the enthusiastic support that Bernie has. 
she doesn't even have in this particular poll the same level of support among Democratic primary voters that Bernie Sanders has. And Bernie Sanders way, way outpolls her among independents and Republicans. Um, in, in a national contest, in my mind from what I've known and what I've seen and what I hear and read, Sanders is a much, much stronger candidate for the Democratic Party than Hillary Clinton would be. Hillary Clinton has tremendous, tremendous distrust and outright hatred from the Republican side and the right wing. And they will become very active to defeat her if she is the Democratic nominee. Right now, she's campaigning hard with with Hillary, with uh, Bernie gaining so much in the polls, trying to convince voters in New Hampshire and in Iowa that only she can beat the Republican, whomever the Republican might be. Um, but polls tell a different story. I, I, I mentioned this on the episode last week that Bernie Sanders in head-to-head matchups against the leading Republicans beats them when Hillary Clinton loses to them in the polls or beats them by a larger margin when Hillary Clinton also defeats them. Um, President Bill Clinton has gone out on the trail uh, drumming up support for Hillary and Chelsea Clinton now is out there campaigning as well. And let's take a look, see if there's anything else in this story to cover. And let's move on to the next piece. So this piece is from commondreams.org. And this is written by Sarah Lazare. Is former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's support among women crumbling? Less than one month out from the first primary in the United States, Senator Bernie Sanders now has a 14-point edge over Clinton in New Hampshire, thanks in part to a newfound lead among the state's women voters. Released Tuesday by Monmouth University, the poll found that Sanders has 53% support in the state compared to 39% backing Clinton. Notably, the survey concludes that Sanders now has an edge over Clinton with women voters at 50% to 44%, respectively. This lead reverses Sanders' 37 to 56% deficit among women in an identical Monmouth poll taken just two months ago. Sanders has maintained backing from independents, new voters, and younger voters, and is now also leading among older voters in the state. And that's been a, a... more challenging uh, constituency for Bernie Sanders to capture is the older voters, as we saw in the national poll, voters over 45 and especially voters over 65 tend to favor Clinton. Quote, New Hampshire Democratic preferences are getting baked in with Sanders gaining the upper hand. The final question will be who does a better job at turning out their respective voting blocks? said Patrick Murray, director of the independent Monmouth University Polling Institute. Meanwhile, things are also looking up for Sanders in Iowa's February 1st Democratic Caucus. A poll released released Tuesday by Quinnipiac University found that for the first time, Sanders is leading Clinton in Iowa at 49 to 44%. The findings show considerable improvement for Sanders, who last month was losing to Clinton 40% to 51% in the state. So uh, the Quinnipiac poll came out with Sanders leading in Iowa. Other polls came out showing a narrow Clinton lead in Iowa. Um, Things are are definitely very, very tight in Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. The Quinnipiac poll still shows Clinton leading among voters, but according to fresh reporting in the New York Times, quote, Iowa Democrats are displaying far less passion for Hillary Clinton than for Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont three weeks before the presidential caucuses. Quote, 
Mrs. Clinton's campaign is trying to shore up her base among female voters. Lena Dunham, the star of HBO series Girls, was deployed on Saturday to make a feminist pitch for Mrs. Clinton to crowds of mostly young women in Iowa City and Des Moines. Quote, yet many younger women who gathered did not share Ms. Dunham's visceral enthusiasm for Mrs. Clinton, the Times reports. Quote, saying that for most of their lives she has been a familiar fixture of establishment politics rather than a, an exciting new voice or an agent of change. In addition to uh, the really great polling results that uh, Sanders has seen over the last few days, Sanders picked up a really positive review and some uh, supportive words from Vice President Joe Biden. This from BigStory.AP.org by Josh Letterman. Vice President Joe Biden described Democratic presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders on Monday as more authentic on economic inequality than Hillary Clinton, and he defended Sanders' record on gun control. Weighing in on the race he almost joined, Biden said he never felt Clinton was the prohibitive favorite to win the nomination. Biden said Sanders speaks to, quote, a yearning that is deep and real on issues of wealth disparity and people left out of the economy. He said Sanders had the credibility on the issue, but that for Clinton, the issue was relatively new. Quote, Hillary's focus has been other things up to now, and that's been Bernie's. No one questions Bernie's authenticity on those issues, Biden said. He went on to say people question anybody who hasn't been talking about the issue that long. He also said Clinton, who has coalesced much of the Democratic establishment's support, had a high bar to meet as a perceived favorite to win her party's nomination. Quote, I never thought she was a prohibitive favorite. I don't think she ever thought she was a prohibitive favorite, said Biden, who praised Clinton at other points in the interview. Biden's remarks offered some of the first public insight into his machinations about the 2016 race, and particularly the Democratic field. Biden and Obama have not endorsed, and Obama's chief of staff has said the president won't take sides in the primary. Biden's endorsement would be highly coveted by any Democratic candidate. So uh, some really positive words coming from the vice president. And I think, well, I think those were definitely genuine feelings on the part of the vice president. Um, I think that there may have also been partially an ulterior motive to try to uh, balance out a perceived um, perceived favoring of Hillary Clinton by the president just a couple days before. Um, Obama recently rolled out his um, his gun control uh, program, which Bernie supported. Um, but within it, uh, Obama said that he would not support a candidate who didn't, um, he didn't use this phrase exactly, but basically who didn't toe the line on gun control. And some speculated that this meant that he would per perhaps not support Bernie Sanders, who has a more moderate uh, record on gun control with some very positive votes on gun control and some votes that uh, seem very much more supportive of um, gun rights and um, access to guns than, uh, than some would like. So there, there is possibly an element of it. Just it makes me wonder why, why would the vice president, unless he was genuinely, you know, very supportive of of Bernie Sanders, um, and was maybe leaning towards endorsing, why would he he come out with these particular statements? Um, it also could be a some some skewed reporting in here as well. I didn't see the original interview. 
And uh, the story notes that, that uh, Biden also made some positive comments about um, Hillary. So it may just be the press pouncing on um, what they perceived as uh, extra support for Bernie coming from the vice president. But in, in any event, it was um, some very positive news for Bernie Sanders and what has been just an amazing week for Sanders. Uh, one of the other major events for Sanders that supported Sanders this week was from Move On at moveon.org. And this story is written by Ilya Shaman. That's S-H-E-Y-M-A-N. With a record-setting 78.6% of 340,665 votes cast by the Move On membership, Senator Bernie Sanders has won MoveOn.org political actions endorsement for president with the largest total and widest margin in Move On history. MoveOn.org only endorses candidates based on votes by our members. Our only previous presidential endorsement during a Democratic primary was for Barack Obama in early 2008. In 2004, no Democratic candidate reached the threshold for an endorsement. Here are five of the top reasons Move On members support Bernie and will mobilize on his behalf to get out the vote in Iowa, New Hampshire, and other crucial early states. 1. Bernie's lifelong commitment to standing up to corporate and 1% interests to fight for an economy where everyone has a fair shot. Quote, his refusal to accept the status quo of the wealthiest Americans using their power to influence politicians matters to me. If we're going to push back against a rising oligarchy in our country, we need people like Bernie Sanders representing us in government. That was Move On member Matt R. At the core of Bernie's campaign is a commitment to fixing an economic system that's been rigged in favor of giant corporations and the wealthiest few, and that is making economic inequality worse. Bernie's campaign is funded by more than a million ordinary Americans chipping in whatever they can afford, not by billionaires or corporate super PACs. In our endorsement vote exit poll, one of the words Move On members most frequently used to describe him was integrity. Number two, he's standing up for justice for communities facing oppression. In a nutshell, this is a quote, quote, in a nutshell, he exemplifies the we the people style of democracy I believe in. He has stood by and with the people, supporting women, people of color, LGBTQ, seniors, and the poor against those who look to subjugate these historically oppressed groups for profit. And that was Move On member Natalie R. Bernie is fighting for racial justice by calling to demilitarize police, invest in community policing, end the drug war, and tackle the epidemic of mass incarceration, and restore voting rights gutted by federal courts. On immigration, Sanders proposes allowing undocumented immigrants to purchase health care through the Affordable Care Act, dismantling inhumane deportation programs and private detention centers, and a path to citizenship for 11 million aspiring Americans. He's fighting for equal pay for women and to expand and protect reproductive rights, and has pledged to only nominate Supreme Court justices who support Roe v. Wade. Number three, he'll say no to permanent war. Bernie Sanders has been a strong, consistent voice for the principle that war should always be a last resort. He had the foresight to vote against authorizing the war in Iraq in 2002, was a strong supporter of the nuclear deal to prevent war with Iran, and has been a voice of reason against escalation in Syria and other conflicts around the world. A diplomacy-first foreign policy has long been one of Move On members' top priorities, and Bernie has consistently stood with us against costly, needless, and unwise military escalation that puts our nation's security and values at risk. Number four, electability. This election will hinge on turnout, and Bernie is inspiring and mobilizing the communities it'll take to win. Bernie's campaign is inspiring millions of people to enter the political process for the first time, including young people and other members of the, quote, 
rising American electorate, who the eventual Democratic nominee will need to mobilize in order to win in November. He's raised more money from more contributors than any candidate in history at this stage in the primary process, and massive crowds have turned out to see him across the country. Part of why Move On members are supporting Bernie is that his agenda excites and inspires them, and they see it doing the same for others. Experts agree that the general election will hinge on voter turnout. If the Obama coalition can be inspired to vote, Democrats will retain the White House. But if the electorate looks like it did in 2014, when Republicans gained ground across the country and seized control of the Senate, Democrats will be in trouble. Number five, putting members in the driver's seat is what Move On does, and a whopping 79% voted to endorse Bernie. Finally, Move On is endorsing Bernie for president because Move On is our members. Move On only endorses candidates for office after formal membership votes. And in this case, the outcome of our internal democratic process was overwhelming. The vast majority of voting Move On members want the organization to support Bernie, so that's what we're going to do. We pledge to run a 100% positive campaign, and then, regardless of who wins the nomination, Move On will support the eventual Democratic nominee in, gen- in the general election to keep a Republican out of the White House, because the vast majority of members have made it clear that that's what they want Move On to do. More than 340,000 Move On members participated in our endorsement process. Sanders won with 267,750 votes, or 78.6%. Hillary Clinton garnered 14.6%, and Martin O'Malley earned 0.9%. And there were 5.9% who voted against Move On making an endorsement now. Bernie's vote total and percentage are Move On records, the best any presidential candidate has performed in our 17-year history. In short, Move On members feel the burn and are going to mobilize in a big way, to turn out the voters Bernie needs to win in Iowa, New Hampshire, and other early primary states. So a huge endorsement from a pretty significant um, organization with a fairly large uh, community. Let me just take a look here and see. Um, Move On is a community of more than 8 million Americans from all walks of life who use the connective power of the internet to lead, participate in, and win campaigns for progressive change. For more than 17 years, the Move On family of organizations has used digital tools to lower the barriers to participation in our democracy, so real Americans have more of a voice in political system where big money and corporate lobbyists wield too much influence. Increasingly, Move On members are stepping up as leaders of their own campaigns for social change using the Move On Petitions DIY organizing platform to enlist other Move On members' support. So a very large community of Americans participate in MoveOn.org. And it's exactly the kind of um, organization that is really needed to be a major partner and a major part of the political revolution that Bernie is fighting for in this election. And uh, to round it out tonight, um, another story about a poll in Iowa. This is from TalkingPointsMemo.com. And this is by Connor Dinan. Senator Bernie Sanders has moved into the lead in Iowa over former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, according to polling conducted by the American Research Group. The polls showed Sanders' support at 47% to Clinton's 44%. Sanders held the same 47-44 to lead over Clinton in a separate ARG poll of New Hampshire, also released Monday. In Iowa, where Clinton has mostly led in the polls, this is the first recent poll to place Sanders in the lead. This is the first ARG poll of the Iowa Democratic primary this cycle. Most polls taken throughout the fall have put him ahead in New Hampshire by a narrow margin. The last ARG poll of New Hampshire showed Clinton leading Sanders 46-43. The Iowa poll surveyed 400 likely Democratic caucus goers from January 6 to 10 
with a margin of error of plus or minus 5%. So the results of this poll um, do show Sanders ahead of Clinton, but but also are within the margin of error of the poll. So essentially they are statistically tied, but very few polls until this week showed Sanders ahead of Clinton polling with a higher uh, poll number than uh, Clinton was in Iowa. So as state as as heard in in prior stories in this episode, Clinton is uh, getting a little shaken and changing her tactics and really coming out very directly against uh, Bernie because she is losing or has lost her lead in the polls in Iowa and is really facing some very much more uh, tightened or much closer polling numbers nationally than she ever had before. At least two polls, if not three polls that came out this week um, show Sanders uh, only with a single digit deficit to Clinton nationally, which is just some amazing movement in in the last uh, week or two from the Sanders campaign. So this has, I would argue, probably been Sanders' best week ever for news over the last, just over the last couple days, the news and the shift in Sanders' favor for this election, this nomination for the Democratic election for president um, has been pretty phenomenal. The last week that I considered uh, Sanders' best week of the campaign was the week leading up to the Democratic primary in December. The This week, maybe coincidentally, maybe not, uh, probably coincidentally, is the week leading up to the January Democratic debate, of course, buried on a Sunday night of a holiday weekend where the viewership will be probably uh, focused on other things. I believe there's another major football game on that day as well. It is the Sunday night of Martin Luther King weekend. So it is not a uh, particular time where the event would attract a very, very large audience, which is a shame, but is not uh, unknown and unexpected based on the other events that, um, or the other, the schedule timing of the other Democratic uh, debates. This debate will be in South Carolina. And there's one thing that I fear, and that is the week in December leading up to that debate that I described as uh, Bernie's best week of the campaign to that point. He had a major endorsement that week, um, He or maybe two endorsements that week. Um, he had some much better polling numbers that week. There were, uh, I, I think he probably surpassed some fundraising goals that week. Um, there was just some really strong positive news for Sanders heading towards that debate. And lo and behold, that is when the um, his campaign uh, data uh, director got access to some Hillary Clinton data in what is has known as the data breach in which a patch for uh, the um, database that held Sanders and Clinton's data along with the DNC's um, address database. Um, that's when that patch made the Clinton proprietary data available or visible to the Sanders campaign and and a few of his um, campaign staff acted inappropriately in looking at and uh, I was going to say manipulating though that's a loaded word looking at that data and saving some searches of that data um, within the system that never was that data uh, saved outside of the system to any any um, 
computers that that Sanders had a control of. Um, there's speculation, and, and I don't I don't agree with it, but I could change my mind. Speculation that it wasn't uh, completely accidental, but I I believe that is all speculation. I don't buy into conspiracy theories there. I think it was a um, significant error in judgment by the person that was, or the people in Sanders' campaign to take the action that they did with that data. Uh, What might make me change my mind is if in the next um, three days ahead of the, uh, the Democratic debate coming up on Sunday... Um, the DNC springs another, uh, shocking surprise, um, vis-a-vis the, uh, Sanders campaign. So I am concerned that a mini scandal, um, could become public for the Sanders campaign. I don't know what any type of scandal that might be. Uh, made public could could even be. I think that Sanders personally has tons of integrity, um, more than than most politicians out there. Um, but it does give me uh, some some pause in um, some concern that a uh, story somebody maybe may have been holding back for the right time could um, get put forward in the next few days. So um, regardless of that potential concern, this has has definitely been one of Sanders' absolute best weeks of his campaign. Uh, The polls are shifting significantly in his favor. I think that there's a extremely high probability that he will win the Iowa caucuses. He, he, he inspires people tremendously, much more than I think any other politician running, uh, I think including Donald Trump, who, but who also inspires people, I think, for, for terrible reasons. Um, but Sanders just really has tremendous enthusiasm from his supporters, and I think his supporters will come out to the caucuses in Iowa, and I think he will win those uh, relatively, by by a significant margin. Um, I, I, I believe that he will win the Iowa caucuses by more than 10%. And I think that will be tremendous support for him going forward in the, uh, in the primaries. I believe if he wins the Iowa caucuses by more than 10% and he wins in New Hampshire by 10% or better, I think he has a very, very good chance of taking that momentum forward and winning outright the Democratic nomination. I think after he wins the Democratic nomination, I think that despite the fact that there will be a tremendous amount of press against him, um, I think that he will win the presidential election fairly handily, even though uh, he will have a lot going out, uh, a lot of media and a lot of pundits um, attacking him for a, a big variety of reasons. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that shows me the strength that Sanders has really built over the last few months is I started following Sanders really just as he announced he was going to run. That was back in, I forget if that was in uh, May, um, somewhere around there. And I've been following Twitter really closely, like almost daily, seeing what, what are people saying about Sanders on Twitter. And for months, it was 90% or better of the tweets out there um, referencing Bernie Sanders were positive, were like very supportive, very excited, very enthusiastic. But over the last two months or so, maybe even uh, much more strongly in the last month, 
the divide between enthusiastic support and um, mocking or derision on Twitter, which of course Twitter is full of for all kinds of different different topics and all kinds of different people. Um, that mocking and derision proportion of the tweets mentioning Bernie Sanders has grown a lot. I mean, I would even say we're probably talking about a 60-40 split, 60 positive, 40 uh, mocking or, or derisive or otherwise, you know, anti-Sanders. And that just shows me that he has grown to a serious contender. Um, you know, before pe before anyone but his supporters took his run very seriously, the other side, the right wing, the a, a lot of it comes from um, libertarians. Um, they ignored him. They didn't care. They they you know focused their attacks and hatred and ignorance in some cases. Uh, and in some cases, legitimate uh, disagreements. And, you know, there certainly are some people who are um, respectfully opposing Bernie Sanders and what Sanders stands for and believes in. And, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. And there's a lot of people who are ignorantly uh, opposing him, just like people do with, with any candidate. But the growth in that... Um, has really shown me that, you know, San Sanders' campaign is really strong. It's If it's getting the attention of the other side, they're, they're obviously uh, concerned um, that he has the opportunity to win because if they would not otherwise um, take a tremendous amount of effort to, uh, to attack him. And uh, there's, of course, the famous Gandhi quote that I will probably uh, massacre because I don't have it written in front of me. Um, but it goes something along the lines of first they ignore you and then they mock you and then they fight you and then you win. And I think that is the uh, exact trajectory that uh, Bernie Sanders has been on. He was ignored for a very, very long time. He has moved into the mocking uh, area for sure, and certainly on Twitter, um, and has probably moved forward into the uh, the fighting, they will fight you uh, level as well. And so uh, the next step is for Bernie Sanders to win. And I think that... Uh, that is coming up pretty soon. And uh, one more story, and then I will wrap it up. And this is from HuffingtonPost.com. And this is by Taylor Gipple. And it's called, Why Going Negative on Bernie Sanders Never Works. After seeing polling trends continue to rise, it seems as though Hillary Clinton has become more aggressive in attacking Bernie Sanders throughout the last couple of weeks. Don't say this too loud, but a note to the Clinton camp if they intend to get more aggressive. Going negative on Bernie Sanders has never worked and has always backfired on his opponents. After reading a few biographies, Outsider in the White House and Why Bernie Sanders Matters, which tell the history of Bernie Sanders and his previous elections, I've deduced this firm conclusion. Bernie Sanders is seen as an anti-politician because he has a long history of being an independent, doesn't look or act like a politician, and spouts ideas that don't instantly appear as, quote, mainstream. However, if you look at Sanders' history, you will see he has already participated in 20 elections throughout his life. You read that right. 20 elections. Now, he did not win all of those, 14 out of 20, but batting 700 is pretty good. After reading about the outcomes of these 20 elections, it was clear that whenever a Sanders opponent would go negative against him, it would backfire and Sanders would end up winning the election. A few excerpts from the books, 
when Sanders won after negative attacks. 1983 mayoral election, quote, the negative ads boosted Sanders' fortunes. 1990 state representative election, quote, as he, the opponent, continued to slide in the polls, he resorted to a tactic that had always helped Sanders. He went negative. 2006 Senate election, quote, both filled the airwaves with political ads, but Tarrant, his opponent, made the mistake of going negative. The problem with going negative on Sanders is that he's an honest, respectable, authentic, and good guy. As most people recognize this, even if they don't agree with his stances, it plays a part in why attacks work to Sanders' advantage. Usually, attacks in politics work because the receiving side has to defend themselves and their positions. But with Sanders, he plays fairly nice and doesn't attack or run negative campaigns. This results in the public seeing Sanders as, quote, take the high road, while the other side is being negative. This just comes off as wrong to people. This effect could be why many people took Lance Armstrong's side when it came to steroids. This could also be why many people backed Joe Paterno throughout the Penn State investigations. This could also be why some people were wary of calling Bill Cosby a rapist. Now, don't get me wrong. All of those people allegedly did incredibly appalling things. But it's help, it helps illustrate my point. So far, the Clinton camp hasn't done anything terribly negative. But if they do, keep it in mind that history repeats itself. So I think that kind of illustrates uh, the point and reinforces um, that uh, trajectory that Bernie Sanders is on. Um, as uh, Clinton has said, as she has stepped up attacks lately, she is looking forward to a very spirited next debate. Um, so we shall see. I think that uh, she will uh, be on the attack throughout the debate. And I think in the long run, and, and maybe not even so long, I think that will backfire on her. I think that that puts Sanders in a, a stronger position in South Carolina, which has been challenging for him to break through and um, really gain a significant portion of the uh, polling results there. Um, Sanders is soon going on a tour of historical black colleges. And I think that will, uh, you know, going and speaking throughout the South, I think will help um, his support among a group where he, he does not have the strongest support among um, African-American voters. There are certainly a lot of African-American voters that are supporting Sanders, but it is not a constituency that he really has broken through and become a uh, very effective candidate for. Um, but hopefully he'll be able to shift some of that with the momentum he has and with going and speaking to those colleges. So that will wrap up this episode of Bernie Dash 2016. Just really exciting news for me to share with you this week. And hopefully that uh, will continue as Bernie's um, movement towards the White House picks up some speed and picks up some steam. So if you want to reach out to me, you can send me a message at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at BernieUS2016. And you can definitely check out my website, Bernie-2016.com. And we will go out tonight with Get Your Vote On by John McPhee, which you can find by searching for John McPhee and get your vote on on YouTube. Thanks for listening. 